Monday night and it's time for Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. On tonight's show, we are very happy to talk about the McCartney 321 special that premiered on Hulu a couple weeks ago, July 16th to be exact. And man, we had a fun time watching it and we can't wait to talk talk about it with you guys and we can't wait to hear your feedback. But before we get to that, I'm going to introduce myself and my, my besties over here, my cohorts. I can't wait to get their thoughts on this show as well. So I'm Tom Hunyadi. You may know me from my other show, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast with my, my co-host, Danny Nichols. We talk everything McCartney on that show and we have a lot of fun doing it. With me, as always, I have my three, my three besties again. Like I said, we got uh, the queen. You know, she's the queen of everything. Now she's become the queen of background, uh, you know, the background uh, images. And it's just great because I, you know, I really loved best part you know of that show is those two at the council but uh, and i love so perfect perfect job and we all know the queen as the author of uh, the songs they were singing the guided tours the lesser known beetle tracks and the michael jackson faq and you have the newer one uh, right by you um i don't think i have it right by me but uh but it's uh Fandom in the Beatles. Fandom in the Beatles. That's yes, right. indeed. Yep. That's co uh, right. co edited with our buddy Ken Womack. Oh, thank you, Ken. There you go. Thank you very much. You always have my I back. I forgot to grab it. It's Damn always. It. Yeah, I forgot. Yep. To it's grab always it. by my side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he sleeps with it under his pillow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> okay, that's creepy, but that's right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so great to have you here get a kit once again. And uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm I'm always I always look forward to Monday nights with my BFFs. Right. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Next up, we have our, our YouTuber, Mr. Joe Mayo, who just surpassed eleven thousand subs on his channel. What a what wow. an amazing feat! Congratulations on that, Joe. Oh, and, uh, thank you. Again, thank you know he's he's you know pushing his he's got his Mayo's was it Mayo's movies Mayo's Mark Marquis you know one. We just change it to Mayo's marquee. Why is my green green outline lighting up? By the way, I don't know. No, but you're Am I on. being heard? No, yes, you're, you're being heard. heard. Yeah, yeah, we hear you. We see you. We hear you. But okay. but please, if you haven't checked it out, check out Mean Mr. Mayo on YouTube. He's he's got wonderful content. You know, whether they're rants or their reviews, unboxings, a lot of great stuff. <laughs> Fab Gab. There you go. And Fab Gab. There, there you go. So which we've all been on. So, Joe, it's great yeah. to see you, buddy. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Hello, Kit. Hello, Ken. 
Hey, Joe. And, and lastly, we've got the one and only Ken Michaels here. You know him from his wonderful shows. He's got a brand new uh, a YouTube channel, uh, Ken Michaels Radio, where he's interviewing some amazing people in the podcasting world, the entertainment world, the music world, people who worked with uh, Beatles and solo Beatles. And he just had a wonderful one. He was going to promote it later, but I was really happy with your Alan White uh, interview. I thought it was really good. So right oh, on for you. that. So uh, we also know him from things we said today, the great uh, Beatles podcast with Darren DeVivo and, and uh, Alan Cozen and his radio show, Every Little Thing, which Again, he plays every little thing on there. So, Ken, welcome to the show. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Tom, Kit, Joe. Thrilled to be talking about the new documentary and yes. uh, talking to all of you watching. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So before we get to the show, we are going to have Ken tell us all the latest and greatest news. So, Ken, as they say, take it away. Want to hear me play? Yes. Okay. Because you never know who might be listening to you. That's true. <laughs> right. We'll start with a brand new video premiering last Thursday from Paul McCartney featuring Beck of the new version of his song, Find My Way from the McCartney Three Imagined album. It features a young McCartney circa 1965 dancing his way through the video, which was co-produced by Hyperreal Digital, a company that specializes in the creation of hyper-realistic digital avatars. The company's CEO, Remington Scott, says the technology to de-age talent and have them perform in creative environments like this is now fully realized, even with one of the most recognized faces in the world. I, uh, I really enjoyed this video, and there's a surprise ending. I don't know if we should tell anyone <laughs> what it is, but um, I've you seen can, you know, leave the ending. You know, you, know, you know, they say the whole thing about don't tell your friends a surprise ending. Keep the ending a surprise. You know, yeah. <laughs> we should like. Spoiler alert. Right. Very good, <laughs> Joe. Yeah, just like a play that I saw called Murder Strikes Out. He said, you know, keep it a surprise. The wheels are turning all the time with him. That's, that's a honeymooners reference there. But um, yeah, what did you guys think of it? Some people have said it's kind of creepy. Other people right. think that it's clever. Well, the the whole de aging technology is a little creepy at first. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite movies of the last couple of years called The Irishman used that uh, technology for for De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino uh, in that movie. And yeah, it was a, it took a little while to get used to, but uh, but after a while, it's 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 no big deal. Um, so, but yeah, it was very entertaining. Uh, I liked all him going through all the halls and whatnot. I liked a little cameo. I won't say who the cameos from, but uh, but uh, you know, and plus, if you like what Beck did to that song, I think you'll enjoy the video as well i enjoy his arrangement of it i like what mm -hmm. he did with it i don't like it as much as paul's but i still like mm -hmm. it right. but yeah i um, uh, i uh, thought it was a pretty interesting video clever like you said i enjoyed the video i'm not a big fan of any of the material so far that i've heard off mccartney three imagined really uh i haven't heard the whole thing only half of it but i wasn't that wild about the, the beck version of find my way but Sometimes with a video, when you watch a video, it can turn it around for you a little mm -hmm. bit. So I kind of felt my, found myself having a good time with it through the video added to it. You know, so I really thought it was interesting. And it is creepy to me, too, while clever and fun, because I did enjoy the video. But I start thinking, wow, it gets to the point sometimes where you're going to, you know, he's faking everything. And uh, mm -hmm. if they get it too good, 
we're not going to know what's real and what's not anymore. You know. Uh-huh. So, uh, so you found your way to say a sorts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There were That's times what? when I was mm. questioning whether or not that really was Paul with a ton mm. of makeup on right. and putting on mm. a wig, you know, or dyeing his hair or something. But uh, yeah. Kit, mm-hmm. what did you think? Well, I mean, I've always liked, this is like one of the tracks off of uh, Three Imagine that I like. I mean, I, I liked mm. Beck's remix uh, of it. I mean, I'm a Beck fan. So, uh, I mean, I, I wish they had done a real collaboration. I'd love right. to hear them do it. Me too. Um, yeah. As far as, as the video goes, I when I, I did a little sneak preview video this afternoon for our show tonight. So those who, who watch this will will already know my opinion i'm a little bit in the creepy camp um (laughs) creepy uh, camp (laughs) yeah um you know deep faking uh it's it just is is a really kind of a little bit of a scary technology to me um it's uh you know it really i mean i i understand this was just done for fun i i know that uh but it also as you know, has been shown. I mean, it has the potential to really, um, it can be done for, for really bad uh, right. things as well. Um, right. You know, and as far as this goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a little creepy to me at times. There were also times where I don't, I thought it wasn't that great. I mean, there were, there were times where it really did look like him. And then there were other mm. times when they zoomed in and out where I thought, Ooh, <laughs> I mean, like yeah. it kind of looked like him, and and then you yeah, know yeah. the eyes, the mouth. Right. I mean, it just didn't quite. You know, it, it's. I don't know. I mean, this kind of technology. It's kind of like how I feel with holograms and, and sure. that kind mm. of thing. Mm. Um, you know, I I just don't love playing around with de aging or worse. I mean, right. that isn't the case here, but you know, bringing back the dead and, and that kind of thing. Um, it 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 just it, I'm not crazy about it. Uh, when, but oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say. In this case, I mean, it was fun. It, you know, I mean, this was all done in good fun. I I know that. And and mm. as you said, the cameo was cute um and uh and some of the effects and it was meant to be kind of trippy like the song and and mm. i i get mm. that um but i i just wasn't insane uh right. about it but i get it they're trying to build buzz uh right. for right. this physical release they're trying to you know and then and they they've done it i mean there there is plenty of buzz about it right mm. de niro when when de niro was doing publicity for the irishman movie and he was talking about the, the technology he was joking around yeah this just extended my career another 30 years <laughs> yeah and you know where does it end right, i yeah, I, exactly. uh, I don't know yeah and there was something floating around i think the same thing with tom cruise did you ever see that footage of tom cruise doing something that's a, that's the first i'd heard of it and it looked mm. like it was tom cruise i mean not in a movie but like a private movie a home movie of him and i'm like Mm. Did he really do that? Whatever it was, and I'm like, no, that's not Tom. It's not mm. quite him. It's him, but yeah. it's not him. And it, it could, it, you could, it could be used for bad things. Too. Yeah. yeah, I think mm-hmm. I've seen what you're talking about, Joe, but I can't place it where exactly. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Eating, eating mm. a banana or doing this fruit or yeah. something. I, I thought, I don't know. I can't remember it, but that's all right. It was, and you know, if it looks a little creepy, then you know it's not 100 percent real. You have that, but when they get it 100 percent real, you might have you know kiddo tool like I don't know doing a tango or something with Tom, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know and 
You know, they say well, we weren't there. I swear we weren't there. So here's, here's the film right here. Right. <laughs> I know for a fact they have done the tango together. <laughs> you know, you're not fooling anyone. You'll never. Well, the find the tape. Oh, they'll <laughs> never know. You know, you know. You'll never find the tape. <laughs> but you know, one thing about McCartney Three Imagine, and I was only thinking about this uh, recently because I know one of my Facebook friends told me. You know, he's not thrilled with what Paul's doing here. And to me, it reminds me very much of what Yoko has done mm. in recent years with her recordings. She gives the multi-tracks of her recordings to a lot of newer cutting edge artists and they can play around with it any which way they want to. They yeah. could use her vocals. They could use her backing tracks. Yep. They can do an, an entirely new cover version on their own. And that's exactly what this is. Sometimes they're using Paul's backing tracks or certainly in this case, Paul's vocals. And you never know, some of Beck's fans might, might right. like this version more than Paul's version. So, or yeah. younger fans might like this version yeah. better. So, and, the, and the piggyback on that, Ken, you know, a couple other people now have are doing this with album, like the Brittany Howard, the um, the ex singer from Alabama Shake. She put out a mm. solo record last year. She just yeah. did one where it was, you know, she had a bunch of people, you know, cover songs from that album. And then now Metallica is doing the same thing with their 1992 self titled album uh, that's coming out um, next month. So that's good. You know, it looks it's, like it's, it's becoming a pretty popular thing. Yeah, it's another way of reaching a younger audience. Sure, which is always important. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, in other news, as it has been for the last several years, John Lennon's iconic song "Imagine" kicked off the Summer Olympics this time with an arrangement from Hans Zimmer, led by a youth, a youth choir, and um, also joining in were singers John Legend and Keith Urban, to name a few. Last week, two major releases came out. The book All Things Must Pass Away, Harrison Clapton and Assorted Love Songs by Ken Womack and Jason Krupa. And as we just mentioned, McCartney 3 Imagine, released in physical format on vinyl, CD, and cassette. There I was going to say, There's but wait, we have, we have a show and tell. <laughs> so thanks to Tom here, I have a list for those of you who are collectors, all the different colored vinyl there is. Target has put out a silver one, Barnes & Noble, a blue one. There's an indie exclusive that's for record stores uh, of a gold one. Yep. PaulMcCartney.com has a green, purple, and the one that Tom just showed, the splatter one. And there's also, as I said, it's being released on cassette. There is a black and pink cassette for McCartney 3, imagined. Mm. Now, the vinyl and CD version not sure about the cassette, has a bonus track with Idris Elba's version of Long-Tailed Winterbird. This is really an interesting take on the song, which is for the most part an instrumental on Paul's recording. Idris's version has words. He mm -hmm. kind of sings it and raps through it. It's very different from Paul's version. Right. Radically different to the point where you might think, <laughs> Nothing like it. Exactly. <laughs> Did I hear rap? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, a few more things. A brand new book has just come out on the life of the late guitarist Jimmy McCulloch called Little Wing, the Jimmy McCulloch story from Paul Sally. It takes you through all the bands he was in before Wings and has his complete story. 
Um, it's available now on Amazon, both as a paper. There you go. Yo, Tom, show and tell. At a moment's notice, it's on paperback <laughs> and also on hardcover. Also, I've heard that John Borak's book, The Beatles 100, 100 Pivotal Moments in Beatle History, has just been released. John is a journalist who's written for many publications, including Goldmine Magazine. He's authored the books Shake Some Action, The Ultimate Power Pop Guide, Shake Some Action 2.0, a guide to the 200 greatest power pop albums from 1970 to 2017, and also the book John Lennon, Life is What Happens, and that was in 2010. A reminder that Peter Asher is touring. He's touring in July and August with guitar great Albert Lee, Kate Taylor, who's the sister of James Taylor, and the bass guitar great Leland Sklar. Steve Holly from Wings is actually in the backup band. Wow. I just caught their show last Saturday here in Connecticut. Tremendous show. Great variety. You know, amazing talent all these people appearing on stage together mm-hmm. boy I, you know i haven't seen albert lee that much but what a great guitarist he is did a, yeah. spent a lot of years with the everly brothers um since then i have learned of a new show announced for september 18th at the fm kirby center in wilkes bar pennsylvania which is part of a 60s spectacular and peter asher will be there performing that show with jeremy clyde oh, wow. of chad and jeremy and they have toured together before. Um, also on the bill will be the Yardbirds and Big Brother and the Holding Company. They are expecting to add more dates for that tour. And by the way, Kate Taylor uh, has a brand new album out, which is called Why Wait, in which she covers Good Day Sunshine on it. And Peter Asher produced the album. Mm. You can look for a list of Peter's concert dates at his website at PeterAndGordonTheSingles.com. He's still pretty active. I'm really surprised by that. You know, producing yeah. and touring still, yeah. that's great. And he's got his radio show on Sirius mm-hmm. XM on the right. Beatles channel. So, yeah, he's, uh, he really impresses me. And mm-hmm. he, keeps, he keeps up to date with a lot of today's music and tries to listen for new artists that he finds are interesting. Mm-hmm. So he's not a guy that's just living in the past. So, mm-hmm. you know, very talented guy. Uh, if you can see this show, I highly recommend it. You will love it. Peter and Gordon songs, new stuff from Kate Taylor, Albert Lee, some of the songs he's played on from the Everly Brothers, uh, Emily Harris, people like that. And you get to see Steve Holly too. Cool. And Leland Sklar, who's mm-hmm. been on so many albums, you know, and James Taylor albums. In fact, they are playing uh, in Cape Cod and um, the last show is rumored to have a lot of James Taylor's musicians joining the band. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And uh, again, that's listed on Peter's website. Today is the release date for a brand new documentary called Under the Volcano about the history of George Martin's Air Studios. Mm. That was in Montserrat in the Caribbean. Being billed as the greatest music studio of the 80s, artists such as Paul McCartney, Jimmy Buffett, Stevie Wonder, Elton John, Earth, Wind & Fire, Dire Straits, The Police, The Rolling Stones, Duran Duran, and Black Sabbath, all Mm. recorded there. There will be interviews with The Police, Mark Knopfler, Nick Rhodes, Majora, and others, and I've been told Paul appears in there briefly. Mm. Air Studios was destroyed by Hurricane Hugo. That was in 1989 and also from volcano eruptions. 
It's been released on DVD, Blu-ray, and oh. digitally. Oh. By the way, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Check that. That out. last that last show with Peter Asher is at Martha's Vineyard. I forgot mm-hmm. to mention that. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a few more things on the podcast show. I know, I know, hosted yes. by Hudson Randy, who's he watching right Hudson. now. He commented. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hudson. Hudson. Boy, all the publicity you get from us. Yeah. <laughs> we need a little of this, you know? Yeah. Um, he recently had Gary Burr on as a guest, and he co-hosted that show with Lucas Tanner, who hosts a Ringo podcast called Ringo Rama. And um, Gary Burr said that he plans on writing a song with Ringo for his upcoming EP hmm. uh, due out later this year. With special thanks to one of my listeners uh, on the Things We Said Today podcast, Jody Newell. He told me that Apple Music has been promoting their new, what they call spatial music, featuring, uh, yeah, spatial music, which is also known as Dolby Atmos. And they are offering you the Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper and Abbey Road to be heard that way. That's only through Apple Music, as far as I know so far. And finally, the Weaklings are back and they are going to have a brand new live album, which is due out September 17th on Gem Records. It's called In Their Own Right. <laughs> Very cleverly after John Lennon's book. Yep. And um, this live album will have mainly originals plus covers of the Beatles, The Word and Baby, You're a Rich Man. A pre-sale for the album is on their website at weaklings.com, W-E-E-K. L-I-N-G-S dot com. Advance orders will ship out on September the 1st. And if you order in advance, you'll also get the bonus track, Mona Lisa. Mm. Okay. Again, that's the Weaklings in their own right. New live album due out September the 17th. And that is all. Wow. I want to say. (laughs) That's amazing. Mm. Okay. Well, we all know that last Friday was the release date for the physical uh, edition of uh, McCartney three and reimagined or imagined, I should say. And um, finally got the one in the mail. I know Joe's uh, waiting on getting the splatter in the mail or in the mail. So I figured maybe we'll just show the, the splatter one here real quick. I know this, I know this copy sold out pretty quickly and I was really kind of disappointed that, um, you know, McCartney three proper didn't get a splatter because, you know, they did all solid for the most part, but um but, you know, yeah. the photos, again, they're all different, like all the other, um, all the other uh, gatefolds from McCartney 3. Uh, so some new pictures in there, which is really cool. And um, I got to tell you, I mean, this isn't like a, a traditional kind of splatter, but it's an interesting splatter. It's kind of like a tie-dye type splatter. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, so not bad. Interesting. And, and both of them have different cover or different sorry different colors uh to them so that was uh like a purple and yellowish and the other one here is kind of uh blue green and orange oh wow so this one is actually a little bit more splatter on there which is Mm. some cool so um but uh but yeah it's Really cool. I was really enjoyed it. I played the uh, the first song on it and thought it sounded good. And uh, you know, hopefully, you'll get to uh, play the rest of it uh, real soon. That's so. interesting that it's a double album. They put, I mean, they put it on well, two records. They well, didn't they do that with McCartney. Three. No, we didn't have I mean, to, but because deep, uh, deep, deep feeling is um, is over ten minutes long. 
So they, that's oh, why. How long is Paul's around eight? Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that that's over 10 minutes long, they ended up having to put it yeah. on uh, two, uh, two records. So, but, uh, but yeah, so pretty happy with it. Um, listened to it in the car the other day and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I enjoyed the beats uh, to a lot of the remixes. Um, I wish they would have, um, the people that did the song, that remixed the songs, I wish they would have used their vocals on it rather than using Paul's vocals on it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I know we talked about the, the Find My Way, but, um, but other than that, I think it's, you had a um, record player in your car. I didn't know that. I did. I say record. I, I thought I said. No, CD. you just said you played it. In the, in the, yeah. In the okay. Car. Yeah, you have yeah. the CD also, correct? Yeah, I have the CD as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> not uh, not as many as the regular. Pop. And and the uh, what is the other one? <laughs> the gold one you have, right? Yeah. You want to see the gold one real quick? Folks, I'm giving you my word. It's just uh, a splatter on my. Ch I promise this time. It's just I, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I was at the record store and I saw it and I was just like. The light really doesn't do it that much justice. The light yeah. I have right now, but the poster—I I mean, the, the picture I posted on Instagram was a lot better. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I can so, hear it calling, Tom. Yeah, it did. Tom. It called me, and I wasn't too happy about it. Uh, uh, Susan Gagney <laughs> said she's still waiting for hers in the mail too. And, As and usual, splatter. Yeah. Same with me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, but well, anyways, waiting um, for the CD. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But anyways, let's get to let's get to the main topic, which is uh, McCartney three two one, a brand new series that we learned about it way back in December. I think we first caught a glimpse of of Paul and Rick Rubin in a black and white uh, photo. It was pretty much dark, so we didn't really know what what was going on. They were standing in front of a council. Now, Kit, I'm gonna start with you because yeah, that was probably the photo right there, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm going to start with you because a few, uh, not a few, but maybe a year or two ago, we did a, a show about who we would like to see Paul work with. And you had said Rick Rubin. So I would imagine that when you saw that picture, you were pretty ecstatic, right? Absolutely. And, and everybody, you know, can, can, of course, thank me for, for this whole project <laughs> happening. You know, you're welcome. You're right. welcome. No, I, I really was, was, uh, of course, thrilled to see it because I'm, I'm a Rick Rubin fan. I, I, you know, really love his productions. I, I wish he and Paul would do an album together. Uh, so you I, I was, yeah, and you never know who knows, you know, no. So I, I, indeed, I was really uh, excited. Uh, you know, I, I like his, you know, kind of stripped down um, production style, plus his ability to work with all different kinds of artists. Right. And he starts out hip hop genres. and yeah, different genres. Mm. So, you know, when I heard he was going to do this, I thought, oh boy, here's somebody who, you know, really knows his music clearly right. uh you know interviewing paul so you know this is going to be great right so so then now when we flash forward a couple months later when we learned what this series was going to be what were your expectations well i mean i i thought you know this was going to be you know here's somebody as i said who really knows his music uh you know i wasn't sure how hardcore a beatles fanny you know and right. paul mccartney fanny was but I thought, okay, this is somebody who is really going to sit down. This is someone, you know, musician to musician, you know, producer to musician. This is going to be a really, you know, in-depth conversation. Mm. Okay. 
Ken, what were your initial impressions when uh, you uh, when we first discovered what this was going to be before um, you watched it? I thought uh, first when when I first watched it, I was surprised at how much I really loved it mm. because, as you know, I want Paul's entire career covered. Mm. I don't just want his Beatle period covered, and this was very Beatle heavy for me, too Beatle heavy, as a matter of fact. But let's face it. You know, those recordings they made are so amazing and so fascinating. And I think doing just listening to the multi-tracks made it so special right. for me. Um, but it still is disappointing in the sense that, you know, there's very few solo songs that are picked. There's about five of them right. and none of them go past 1980. Right. You know, and you've got another 40 years there. Not that I expect every album to be covered, but, uh, you know. Pick one song from each decade, something more representative of his entire career is more what I wanted. Um, but still, because the music is so terrific and there's so much to learn and, uh, you know, there, every now and then there'll be a tidbit of information that I hadn't heard before that made it all the more worthwhile. Right. You know, there's a lot of reasons to love this whole series. Mm -hmm. And um, if anything, I only wish that they do more of them because this clearly is not enough. Right. Oh, it's not. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. not. I mean, I think yeah. we heard somewhere there there was uh, 15 hours uh, recorded. Yeah, yeah I was going to mention this. it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Joe, you I mean, what was your initial thoughts about the, this special? When now, we do you mean going it going in or? No, yeah. Going in what, before you watch it. What were your initial thoughts? Yeah. I mean, what were your expectations? Well, um, yeah. Uh, first, uh, I, I, did, I think like Andy Nichols, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't, didn't know Rick Rubin. Mm -hmm. I might have heard the name, but I, I didn't make a connection. And I didn't know, you know, how much of a Beatle fan he was or not, but uh, I heard he was from people and I heard that he was a good man to do this. Right. Uh, I started to have a little more confidence because like a lot of people, I think a lot of fans, I thought right away, oh, you know, when you've heard as much as, as I have or we have from Paul, probably going to be the same questions over and that's over and over and the same topics which is the same songs discussed for different examples of right. writing with John or whatever. And I thought, oh, you know, I hope there's some new material in there. And I, and it was, the vibe that I had gotten was that it was going to be more in depth. So I thought, okay. But I really, as the time came to see it, I, I wasn't that excited about it, to tell you the truth. I was like, it was more like a job or as a fan, my job to watch it. I've seen so many things with Paul, but because I didn't, I, I didn't count on it being that revealing or anything. So I said, just another one. And uh, when I ultimately did see it, which we'll get to, you know, I'm glad I saw it. You know, very glad, you know, right. it, was, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, I kind of felt the same way, you know, when we learned that it was going to be, you know, about his career and you really can't call it a, a career spanning show because, you know, like Ken Michael said, it was really only up to 80. So that wouldn't be a really mm. fair, fair statement. But, you know, I had a feeling it was going to be Beatle heavy. I had a feeling we were going to get, you know, a lot of the same stories, unfortunately. But then, you know, when we got to actually watch it, it you know, yeah, we got that, but it was a different feel um different feeling hearing these stories in a different light you know so we'll get to that in a moment in a moment but um but kit i mean did, did it meet your expectations were you happy with uh with what you saw initially what were you know, as while you're watching it tell me how you're reacting to the to the show well i mean you know i had to keep reminding myself that 
this was for a more general audience. You know, I think in a way, I think my expectations were a little too high because, you know, I, I thought, I, I think I went into it thinking this was going to be nerdier than, than it was, you know, I mean, I right. think because this was Rick Rubin, I thought this is going to get really technical and, and, you know, but, and, and, and it wasn't quite as much as I expected, but, you know, but then I thought when I read comments online, then, you know, it's people were responding to it and there were people who, responded and said wow i never knew that yesterday story and part of me you know and part of me thought oh god you know <laughs> but then i'm like well but you know this is hulu i mean this mm-hmm. is a they're appealing to a wide audience right so you know they they have to appeal to more casual fans as well so you know maybe Maybe they were told, you know, you can't get too, too technical. So, you know, part of me, you know, kept wanting to say to Rick, you know, I kept like, why didn't you ask this? Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, I like if I were there, I would be like, I would have asked X, Y, Z. I mean, right. you know, the, 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 the probably the most frustrating moment was when they were playing um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the, the song. Mm. And they're playing, you know, the, the, the opening lines. There's Paul, I mean, you know, singing, uh, you know, hear that incredible rock vocal. I mean, one of the best rock vocals ever recorded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rick's standing next to him. There's Paul standing right next to him. They're mm-hmm. at the, you know, at the soundboard. And they never comment on it. And I just thought, and I mean, I just wanted to throw something at the TV. I'm like, you're kidding me. You didn't say to him, Paul, how did you record that vocal? Did you, you know, how did you warm up to that? That was one of, you know, one of the best rock vocals ever, ever put on tape. How did you do it? You know, I mean, that's what I would have asked. And so there were moments like that, that were a bit frustrating for me. On the other hand, um, those moments at the soundboard, you know, were magical. I mean, I wanted more of that, you know, that, that was, there were just so many wonderful moments where they'd isolate stuff. I mean, that's, that was the nerdy stuff. Uh, And, uh, and I, I love that. And seeing Paul react to that was, was wonderful too. I'm sure we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but, Mm. uh, but that was a wonderful moment too. So seeing them do all that, I, I, I really enjoyed that quite a lot yeah i mean their their excitement level uh their enthusiasm was infectious mm-hmm. to, for to me i mean i just found myself really engaged in the the conversation between the two and i just was like you know had my ear up to the tilt because um, i was just like waiting to hear some kind of you know newer information like like ken was 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 looking right. for you know what i mean so and we and, you know we get got a little bit of that but like you said kid i mean i guess for us we had to realize that this was going to be more for the casual fan and and just maybe like 10 percent of it was for hardcore fans you know right. so we got a little bit of love but not too much yeah. but uh more like seven percent seven percent okay <laughs> <laughs> Ken, what about you? I mean, as, as you're watching the show, I mean, is it is it meeting your expectations? Were you finding yourself, um, you know, very engaged in this? Or are you just thinking to yourself, it's just a, a normal interview? Uh, I was I was very engaged in the whole thing. 
And it's just easy to do that because you're dealing with such wonderful music. And when you hear things isolated and you right. never heard it this way before. Right. And, you know, let's face it. So much of this stuff you could have heard in rock band or you could have heard online on YouTube with isolated tracks. And every now and then I go to YouTube and I listen to this stuff and I'm fascinated right. by it. And sometimes I just can't get enough of it. But yeah. it's Paul talking about it with Rick Rubin at the same time. The thing about Rick Rubin is that I was really excited to hear that he was the one who's going to be interviewing him because he, he takes with him the ears of a producer mm. and of an artist. So how his mind works and what he hears in his head may be different from what a fan would think mm. or even a journalist would think. Right. But at the same time, there are times when you're, when it's very obvious when he doesn't know Paul's history that well. No, I mean, it yeah. didn't look like it. You know, you mentioned Sergeant Pepper. He asked him the question as to whether or not Sergeant Pepper and with little help from my friends were conceived together. Mm. You know, there's some things that, you know, to a, a knowledgeable Beatle fan is pretty obvious, right. you know, but some things he didn't know. And when I when that would happen, it would be like, mm, you didn't know that. So but at the same time, I like when he brought out certain things like um, what was it? Oh, blood, oh, blood, da. Mm. You know, I got to tell you throughout my whole life <laughs> up until there was one point when someone said to me you know that's reggae right <laughs> i never thought of it as reggae most of my childhood growing up or anything but um and rick rubin said well there's reggae and then there's the beatles own version of reggae <laughs> you know because they do it in a different right. way and mm -hmm. it's just yeah you're right about that so just right. the fact that he has those kind of ears to bring that out mm. and what he said about maxwell silver hammer in particular and combining a traditional type, old fashioned song like that, um, and then having a, a Moog synthesizer, a Moog actually yeah. pronounced, a new instrument with an old style song, you know? And that's right. how his mind works. And I found that interesting, mm. you know? That's the mind of, of a producer, of an artist, what he right. thinks, mm. which may not be what we think, you know? Right. So, gotcha. Cool. Um, Joe, before we get into, you know, other questions and our, our, our personal favorites, uh, did this meet your expectations as you were watching it? When were you? Um, for expectations. Your yeah, well, it's, it's pretty much what I expected. I, you know, when I started expecting, well, it's going to it's going to be a lot of the same old, same old, maybe some new stuff. But uh, it certainly was a lot of fun watching the two of them interacting together. Mm -hmm. Paul uh got into some songs more than others which i think i'll talk about later i'm trying to think what we can say for later like mm. one that pops into mind is check my machine which is the biggest <laughs> surprise that was the biggest yeah. surprise of the night for me and yeah. i love that i love that track and paul seemed to me to be having more fun with that song <laughs> than a lot of the other ones ta right. talking about it but um yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of items that I liked about it. Uh, it, it, it was so much fun. That I was having so much fun. You know, I had been watching episodes on Hulu where when one would end, another one would start. And I couldn't wait for the next one to start. Then I, I didn't want them to end. I, I, I was right. sad when yeah. it was over. So it really exceeded my expectations. And I had a lot of fun watching it with my girlfriend. So it, it, it exceeded my expectations insofar as while it was the same thing, the, the fun was infectious. As you said, a good word for that. Uh, I was really getting heavily into it. And I did learn uh, a few things I didn't know, maybe. Um, 
one of them being about Michelle. I, I don't think I'd heard that before. Right. Uh, coming from Ivan Vaughn. Uh, right. Was it his? Tell me. Uh, was, was it was his mother? Wife or girlfriend? Or mother or wife? Okay. I don't know if I was going to say mother's sister. Yeah. Wife. I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Oh, I remember yeah, Ivan Vaughn's right. somebody. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard that before. That's one thing. And, um, yeah, just uh, some positive things. I mean, uh, I, you know, I like Paul giving George Martin a lot of credit. He seemed to go back to George Martin a lot, which to me, mm-hmm. he's always been the true fifth Beatle. Mm-hmm. And and I love when uh, Paul gives him that credit. And also Ringo, mm-hmm. because one of the things that I always bring up to people who say Ringo just got lucky, I always said, you know, he was considered a professional, more or less, in the Beatles, the amateurs. And Paul kind of said that, too. And I like he gave Ringo that nod at the time. So that's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about other things, but uh, I'll give other people a chance. Because I got a lot of notes, <laughs> things right. that I wanted to talk about. But overall, yeah. So, yeah, was it the same old, same old? A good chunk of it. Just a little bit of new stuff. But it didn't matter because hearing all the tracks isolated, uh, you know, and seeing them react to them and everything was a thrill. And uh, I wanted more. And I also liked that they went out of, out of sequence. They didn't go right. in strict chronological right. order. I think that was refreshing. And, you know, maybe uh, one disappointment was the very end. The last chapter seemed to end abruptly with no formal right. oh, thank you right. kind of ending, mm-hmm. which makes me thinking maybe there will be more because there right. were 15 hours. Maybe it's not the end. If this does well, maybe they'll come up with another one. And right. it, the part we saw, part six, I guess, is not the end. Right. I could have swore during one of the trailers I heard another day being played. Uh, in one of the trailers so hopefully that they they are going to do more of these and then more songs will be you know presented to us but but Ken real quick do you think you know without getting specific do you think Paul should have a historian you know because (laughs) (laughs) well definitely Paul should do a lot more of this stuff Mm. I mean there's a part of me that wishes that Paul would spend every waking moment still writing and recording right. and doing as much as he can. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it's important to have his work documented really well. Right. And usually with every single album is released on his own, he's given interviews. So you can right. find some quotes here and there about most of his songs, but still you need more of that. Right. And you even need more of that in the Beatles stuff. Right. Well, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm saying, because, you know, it's 60 years. I mean, our memories can't be, you know, perfect i mean we can't remember every little detail mm. and some stories might be you know a, a fish tail you know a big fish tail but but i mean mm. i think sometimes i feel like that he should have somebody you know to the side saying well that's not 100 percent accurate yeah. <laughs> but it makes for like a good, it was, but it makes for a good story though you know if i may interject you know that's why that bit about early days where paul says you know they weren't there how could they re- you know whatever yeah, the lyric right. was right. how can they read i can't see how they could know when they were where it was at but right. he doesn't one thing that stood out in my mind, I love them talking about like another girl, a little bit about mm. the song Another Girl. And Paul, right, yep. I'm pretty sure, plays lead on that. He does. And, and, yeah. and he was, and he didn't remember playing lead on it, or at least he said he didn't. Right. And he was like, I, it's, I don't know if I want it. It's not very good or something. It's not bad. I couldn't like, tell if he was joking or not. Yeah, I, I, hope he, I hope he was joking. There was a quote from him. I have it written down here somewhere about, where was it? About playing lead. Yeah, here it is. Um, I specialize in bold mistakes. Yes, <laughs> that was great. So, uh, 
Yeah. So evidently he didn't think much of his lead guitar mm. work and another girl. So if he said that, he must have known that that was him. Right. Yeah, yeah true, I'm true. I'm not sure if that was me or whatever, I, you know. So, but yeah. they both thought, for example, that uh, let's see what I have. No, well, Sergeant Pepper album. was the first gate, gatefold, yeah, the first gatefold, but it really right. technically wasn't. But not only that, but one album per week, a uh, year, oh, well, one year, yeah, one album oh, per year, yeah, yeah, yeah. one Which album per year. I'm like, yeah. what <laughs> in the early days, they did a lot right. more than one album per year, but right. you know, so if he says it. A lot of people, I know people out there say, well, I only go by what the Beatles say. No, when it comes to their history, they, they naturally, I don't fault them for that. It's very easy to make a mistake. And they're not as fanatical about remembering their history as historians are. So I, I, I forgive them that. I just yeah. sometimes with history, right. they're not always on top. Did, right. Yeah. Didn't yeah. he also mention at one point that I think it was about here, there and everywhere that he oh, said yeah. that, yeah, that uh, John told him while well, during the making of help, help, right? They're like, um, mm. no, that that's <laughs> the wrong timeline. And and I'm not blaming. I mean, hey, Paul's almost yeah. eighty. He's, right. I mean, you know, he's lived a long, very right. busy life. I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, yeah. putting him down at all. But yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. I think he should, you know, work mm. with it. Which story. I wouldn't mind in a way because uh, it's been suggested. Well, maybe he had the song written or something around that time but mm -hmm. I, I think paul says and this is not the first time he's told that story mm -hmm. i think he says that he, they played the record or something too mm -hmm. with yeah. Oliver, I, presumably well which he did of course during that, CB, during that cbs interview he did a few years back that was he was taught that was the talk where he mentioned that was the only time that john had praised him for or complimented him which for anything also. Which right was here he there and by paul's own oh, I, thank you for reminding me i forgot yeah. by paul's own uh stories he's told before he always says about the line the movement you need is on your shoulder from hey jude right and right. john say you you're not he's, i'm gonna be taking that i'll be taking that one out paul says and right. john no you won't that's the best bit in it you're not taking right. that out it's good right, right, you know, right. so I, I whatever it's the memory you know however right. I, I that's a good example i can't tell paul what's true or not in that he knows sure. whether john complimented him or not but right. uh, i mean you know i know john loved hey jude even at the time right so well, Joe, you've there, been, you've been, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. There are times when they're going to get their facts wrong. Sure. And that's just the way that it is. Like you mm -hmm. said, you get older, he's almost 80. Mm -hmm. You can't really find fault with them. Um, but I also would defend the Beatles in the sense that, you know, like Paul said, you know, you weren't there when this was mm -hmm. happening. And there are fans out there that think they know more about the Beatles than they do. Mm -hmm. There's a certain knowledge that comes from being one of them that none of us will ever have on the planet. Well, those are know? feelings. And no, but I'm saying that having hates. experienced it, when mm. you're one of them, there are things that yeah. they will know oh, that yeah. none of us will ever know. Right, right. So of whatever course. they have to say will always have value. You shouldn't just say everything has to be 100% accurate. But don't ever think that you know more than they do. Some historians know more. So but, much. Right. Some historians know more about uh, dates anyway. I'm not well, talking that's about one thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing to memorize dates. It's another thing to have lived through everything that they did. No, I, oh, and sure. You, you, you can't expect the Beatles to remember every single I day don't. of their lives and what they did. <laughs> no, no, that's I covered that. I said that. Have I don't fault them. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't fault Paul for that. He's entitled and he's older and you can't remember everything. I don't remember everything. No. Not myself. But we should always respect anything that they have to say. And and most of the time, I, I, I do feel that they're telling you the truth. Mm -hmm. And then there's also how they remembered it. 
Right. You know, right. I, 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 I always bring this up, but, and to people who follow the work that I do, I apologize for repeating this a lot, but I've been talking about this since the 80s. But this whole thing that McCartney first started saying in the 1980 interview with Paul <laughs> Gambardini, Gambardini about the Beatles not coming to America until they had a number one. I've never fully understood what he meant by that because it's presented in such a way that it's almost like he's saying that the Beatles wouldn't be on the Ed Sullivan show Mm -hmm. until they had a number one record. I believe that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do. think that's but, what it is. But if you, you listen closely, if you, if you, listen closely you hear him say, well, then we waited and we waited. We didn't quite get there. And then it finally happened. So it, it, it sounded like he was trying to make it sound like it wasn't like right in, at 1964, February of 64. You know what I mean? It, it made it sound like it was at least a little, maybe 60, maybe 63 at some point. Hey, let's not go until, you know, we have a hit. I mean, obviously they had a few singles drop uh, before you know, before the number one, but um, I kind of got the sense that, you know, it was a little earlier than say maybe late 60 or late 63, early 64. Well, it's very easy to misinterpret right. what he's saying there. And it's only in recent years that I've started to think, and even, I'm not sure if this is even accurate, that what he meant was the Beatles wouldn't tour the United States. Mm. And that was okay. in June of 64. Right. So, but it's very easy for anyone who hears him say this to think, oh, they wouldn't have been on the Ed Sullivan show. You know, it just so happens that they were lucky that I want to hold your hand hit number one right at that time. Yeah. It was very lucky on their part. Right. But all the contracts right. were signed to be on that show before the right. single ever. Came. Right. Right. So, but exactly. this is how he remembers it. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe what he meant was tour America. Mm-hmm. But who knows? He might have said knows? to Brian, you know, we shouldn't come to America until we have a number one. Mm. It's just yeah. in the context and the way that it's presented, it almost sounds like he's saying, you know, coming to America, the big arrival, Ed Sullivan show, New York, you know. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I understand. Talking. I mean, I definitely, first of all, I think that was a very good idea. If he, you know, if that could have been orchestrated, uh, right. that's, a, that's a good plan. That's a good way of, of approaching it. It's very, very brilliant. I'm not sure it, it worked out like that, but, you know, but yeah, people's memories and, and what, or what they mean and what you think they meant. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tough. I mean, yeah. I know Paul, last time I saw him in 2017, I believe he said that, uh, I want to be your man. I think that's when he said it was the stones first number one. Now that's a, that's a simple mistake. It doesn't, mean anything yeah. but if, if you go and verbatim him by it like oh the Beatles said it so that's the law it's not always the truth he can you know he made him it was it was a modest hit for them right uh stones i want to be your man right it wasn't a yeah. big uh, it wasn't number one top 20 yeah but uh not just an example i mean i say mm-hmm. yeah and then other things certainly boy they nobody could say how they felt and experienced things oh yeah only they know that's, that. that's, they, yeah. they own that yeah <laughs> that's for sure like, you know yeah that's and, for sure. and also also talking about you know the beatles were adamant to release singles that were not on their albums you know mm. and that's true mm-hmm. but they had plenty of singles that were on their albums sure. <laughs> right mm. even going back to please please me yeah right. you know, <laughs> they advertised and, it yeah mm-hmm. and on the cover. um you know, A Hard Day's Night in Help had two singles each from those albums. Right. And uh, Abbey Road had come together in something, and Revolver had uh, Yellow Submarine and Ellen Ripley. Ripley. Right. So, yeah, they had a lot of non-album singles, and it's true that, you know, they didn't want to 
release something twice and make the fans pay for it twice, give you more for the money. I believe all that too, but it's not like they, they did everything that way. Right. It had a lot right. of singles that were on their album. So that's right. not entirely true. Okay. Right. Cool. Right on. Uh, Kit, let's get with the uh, highlights. What, I mean, let's, let's talk about favorite moments uh, for you. What did, what may put a smile on the queen's face? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, there were, there were just great moments. I mean, many of them were at that soundboard. Um, mm-hmm. I, I loved uh, the Dear Prudence uh, section uh, when they were uh, talking about that and playing some, uh, you know, the isolations, right. um, you know, the, the bass on that. I, I thought that was really interesting uh, when they were talking about, um, you know, Paul's uh, technique um, on that. And then, um, you know, and then that long note. Oh, yes. That they all yes. held. I, I never right. really noticed that. Uh, mm-hmm. until they isolated it like that and how long they held it right i mean that yeah. you know i that was fascinating um and how paul talked about that they all kind of pushed right. themselves to the limit you know and they all kind of uh, you know kind of goaded each other on like come on we can do this and it just you know was an example of what they would do in the studio that they would uh just you know, that's, that's what they would do is just to like try new things. Um, you know, and I think that's what, you know, set them apart from it. Mm. And, and I mean, this is something we knew. I mean, I know this isn't brand new information, but I, I think that it's, it's just another, you know, really shows how they were, how, what set them apart from other bands at the time that they would just try anything. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just thought that was uh, breathtaking. I also like the uh, when they talked about why my guitar gently weeps, and I thought mm. that uh, Rick Rubin had such a an interesting observation about how he said there were almost like two different songs going right. on at the same time. <laughs> mm. Again, uh, you know, didn't really think of it that way. There were just some moments that I I thought, wow, I think I'm going to be listening to that, you know, some of these songs differently from now on. And that was another one that you know Paul was pay- playing bass pretty aggressively on. and then you know but then you hear george's vocal and it's you know much more uh, gentle song i thought that was um absolutely fascinating so that was um another one uh i was glad they talked about babies in black um was that was a nice surprise because i i mean that's a song that i think uh is uh underrated um in uh, by many people um and uh and even paul i think he made some comment about it's not always a fan favorite or something and and yeah uh, he did say that yeah yeah which i don't know if i can <clears throat> quite that far but i mean it's it's been for the casual fan maybe but that, that was very different for them too that song at the time you know it was something different than what they had been recording yeah it and was I, in it was yeah. in three four time exactly so, so yeah and he said he that they always just wanted to try something different mm-hmm. um, yeah and you know and and again that just uh you know what was something and i liked he said something like we were kind of proud of this one we thought we were getting kind of funky or something like that <laughs> it's like i don't know if i call it funky but uh but i mean i i saw what he was you know what he was getting at but even and the I, subject even the topic of it that baby's in black it's not just I love you and whatever they might have been doing. That's kind of a, 
but you know, I, the way I always took it about him never coming back. Uh, I always thought I always thought it was she's not going doesn't want to shed her morning mm-hmm. morning out, outfit tomorrow yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah right right yeah. and uh i was also thrilled they talked about another girl because that's another mm. one that i think doesn't get enough credit yeah uh, oh yeah, being yeah such a great song so i was glad they talked about that also loved uh when talking about roy Orbison. i mean i know mm. they've talked about him being an influence before but i loved how you know paul talked about and he may have talked about this before but i don't think a lot about how um you know roy Orbison talked uh, taught him about how how to end a song right uh you know which i thought was was really an interesting observation it's like yeah you know that is something that the beatles did they didn't always have a big ending but but some of them did and they really did think through their beginnings and endings and paul did in his solo career too i mean like Mm -hmm. they talked about with uh live and let die right right you know with that unresolved court um you know and i i didn't think of roy orbison being the inspiration the, you know for that but i'm like yeah i, I mean roy orbison did always have this climactic dramatic <laughs> ending and and that mm. you know so so there were some moments like that that i just you know i just would think wow that's really fascinating you know right. so so yeah there were a lot of the same stories but there'd be those little nuggets right. like that that just right. you know would make you think about a song in a whole mm-hmm. new way and just yeah. seeing paul just getting yeah. excited listening to these watching them both just like rock their heads back and forth yeah. looking at each other you exactly know. They, 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 they appeared to have song. some chemistry they appeared to have some uh, a good chemistry exactly yeah i mean rick rubin just looked like like at times like right. i can't believe i'm talking about this <laughs> paul mccartney yeah. right. standing right there I, 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 yeah you know i would have had a dumb grin on my face the whole time right. too are you kidding me right. <laughs> One aspect about this documentary that I like is that you know that there are those stories that Paul has said so many times that he's like on autopilot. But here you're watching him as he's listening to the music and what he's saying is whatever he's thinking off the top of his head. It's very spontaneous. It's in the moment. So you don't feel it's scripted then? uh, Not those moments. No. Mm, you know talking about getting better and Mm. john coming back with couldn't get no worse worse, (laughs) (laughs) it's scripted now (laughs) (laughs) right what about you ken Ken, talk about some highlights well i tell you it's as if kit read my notes (laughs) (laughs) first thing the number one definite thing was dear prudence and Mm. hearing the three of them harmonize and holding Mm. that high note and paul pushing them like you said kit oh that was that was heaven Mm. i mean if that's all i heard in the whole documentary was worth it for that (laughs) yeah that was Um, worth the price of admission right there yeah um also you talking about uh the bass being it was very trebly on Mm. dear prudence which made it very unique sounding and you know uh rick rubin made the observation and and it's true in a way paul mccartney plays the bass like a lead guitar mm. and when you're hearing two different lines two lines going on at the same time it's it's two different melodies it's like counter melody you know there was that moment when they're showing james jamerson yep um for yep. what's going on which is strange because that song came out after the beatles broke up yeah. <laughs> but um paul had said that he realized that with the bass and the drums you could control the band you know, and um, certainly when you've got Paul and Ringo on the same tracks and they're locked together, mm-hmm. which is best illustrated with Come Together, hearing just the bass and drums. I love that part. 
maybe I'm amazed there were some guitar notes yes. that were played yeah. that, that were not in the final yeah. mix. And there was also a different lead vocal that they played. Mm. Yes. yes. So I don't know if that was from a completely different take or just one that wasn't used in that take. Um, you mentioned while my guitar gently weeps, the isolated bass, very aggressive sound in the tone. Um, Paul also played a brand new song on the piano. Mm. I don't know what it was. Uh, right. Did anybody see a song title for that? Nope. Um, no. He played Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. There was an alternate take with Paul uh, straining on a mm. high vocal. <laughs> uh, he performed. <laughs> His comment was great, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did yeah. he say? He said, that's why we don't dig into tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, he also performed Thinking of Linking, which was yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, some other things he talked about nowhere man that the solo on there he called very cutting edge and they put mm. tons of treble on it after you know one treble effect after another they, they laid on that solo um, I like the fact that they played if you got to make a fool of somebody by James mm. Ray yes and um, that whole connection of James Ray there was an album that George Harrison bought when he came to visit here to see his sister in America in 1963. He took that album home with him by James Ray. That same album had got my mind set on you. And that was good that he mentioned that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was really nice. Um, let's see. Talking about in Hamburg, he said, we played so many hours. He didn't want to get bored, which led them to writing songs. And it's all in the way you interpret what he said, because, you know, John and Paul, what drove them together, I've heard Paul say this, was that Paul realized that John wrote songs, too, when they first met. Now, they may not have written that many songs early on. And when you're in a band and Paul's talked about this many times, when you're on the same bill with another band and they're doing some of the same material, the same cover right. versions that you're doing, you want to have something different to put into your act. So that made them want to do yeah. more original mm. songs. Very but, cool. You know, from the very beginning, they were writing original songs, just maybe not as frequently. Mm. Um, I do <clears throat> like the fact that not only did Paul give George Martin a lot of credit, but he also gave credit to the other Beatles in certain instances. Yep. Yes. And pointed out All My Loving, which um, John plays rhythm guitar on it. And it's very fast what he's playing. And it's not that easy to play which they had to do live. Right. So he pointed that out. Um, to try doing that for three minutes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with And I Love Her. Once again, he brings up the fact that George Harrison wrote those four notes that you hear throughout the song that starts it. Doo -doo -doo -doo, and he couldn't imagine the song without it. But he also mentioned the backing that, that George gave to the song and mm. the individual notes that he was playing at the same time, which really added to the arrangement mm -hmm. so you know i love when he did that you know giving the other beatles credit and george martin a lot so yeah there's, there's a lot of high moments throughout this whole thing and kind of like what joe said you know even though each episode was 30 minutes each one really flew by hey, you were yes. action-packed there were like one right after another the editing was flawless on this thing yeah it seemed like 10 minutes it did episode. Flew by. <laughs> yeah Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, 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 Susan uh, Gagney just said the song that Paul played. Uh, it's a, the song was "Life Can Be Hard" and it's okay. already registered in ASCAP. 
Okay. okay. Oh, wow. All okay, right. Good. Thank Thanks. you, Susan. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, Rick uh, is going to produce that song. You never know. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed. You know, you got the sense that, that, that Rick was a huge fan of, of Paul's bass playing because yeah, he just, about the bass every, just about every track that they played, he would, he would you know, isolate the bass part. And that was definitely one of my favorite, uh, favorite bits. And yeah. I would say also, every time they talked about a different artist, they would do like a, a 10, 30 second, you know, video or a shot or picture of that artist, like, you know, John Cage, you know, Robert, yes. Moog, uh, David mm. Mason, uh, James Jamerson. I really, I really appreciate that. That just gave so much uh, to the story. Now people can put a, you know, a face to the name, you know, especially right like you know the, the 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 piccolo trumpet that you know david mason played i mean the, mm -hmm. those little images i thought were just knockout and 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 great addition to uh to the uh series uh, joe what were your uh standouts well i'm glad that because i of course a lot of things ken mentioned and all the rest of you i agree with and i had already mentioned some of my standouts right. but uh one that i'm glad the ken slipped by him i think maybe i don't know <laughs> I, I you know because we're, we're always in this quest to, like we want to hear different songs, whether it's Babies in Black talked about, just at the fact that they mention it, you know, yeah. or Another Girl. Uh, but I liked also, in addition to Check My Machine, that the Waterfalls right. was mm -hmm. yes. was played. Uh, and uh, I tell you, Waterfalls is not a it's not a personal favorite of mine, although I appreciate it. But what I noticed about it is, I think Paul was saying, I, I'm paraphrasing him. He thought maybe the synths inside of it didn't work or ruined it or something. And at one point. I think Rick Rubin said, no, that that's what makes it modern or, or right. something. Yeah. And then Paul, Paul kind of uh, oh, you know, sees it a different way and agrees, which made me think that happened so many times with Paul. We've talked about that where he's down on some of his stuff that's not the most popular stuff like Band on the Run. Hmm. And he doesn't think about other things until somebody else, a fan or somebody says Hey, you know, that was pretty good. Oh, yeah, I guess it was like that, that story he tells about wildlife. Life, right, when, yeah, you know, some yeah. fan said, hey, I'm going up to the woods. Yeah. And he met Paul and said, I'm right. taking this with me. And fan said, the best album you ever made. And he was like, oh, you know, so he's maybe the, I love that bit. And I, I picked up on that. It seemed to me like Paul, you know, he's, he was glad somebody like Rick Rubin appreciated that and gave a compliment on waterfalls. I mean, how often yeah. does that happen? You yeah. know, that's the kind of stuff I really wish was a little more in there but i understand that like we've said the casual fans or the newbies out there, there's always new generations they might not have heard the getting better story you know or mm. any about the penny lane uh high pitch piccolo uh, trumpet whatnot uh, uh you know this might be news to them but th i like that one other thing that i'll say that i liked was well first of all because the whole thing was done like kind of black and white and a little gray whenever they would show the colorized photos some of them were colorized a lot of them were colorized and i think some of them might have been real color but they really worked well i thought the way they, they jumped out at you in addition to you know enjoying the gloomy atmosphere i mean when i say gloomy mm. I, like uh i guess it's like looking back you know the old days we're reminiscing here but those photos really made the punch because they were in color i thought uh, contrast to the whole documentary so mm. yeah everything else that i've noted here has pretty much been talked about yeah i concur with a lot of everything that everything else i said is pretty much what you guys uh are saying. There's, yeah there's one thing i want to ask you because you know over the last couple of years that i've known you you have been kind of vocal about 
you know, Paul now taking credit about things. Yeah, I forgot I about to that. Get yeah. Take on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, how did yeah. you feel watching this? Did you feel like he was taking more credit than maybe what he should have? I'm glad you reminded me because I forgot about that. Now, I see, even though I always say, oh, I've heard all these things so many times before, very rarely do I hear anything new, like the Michelle French parts, how that came to be that he used those. I, I don't know why I forgot this. Yeah, Come Together, this was the first time that I heard the story, and I thought it was a new story, but apparently Paul's told this before. I've since learned mm. that he said maybe, and it was it in the book, Many years from now, yeah. or somewhere, he mentioned that come together was very fast at first, like a Chuck Berry kind of fast too. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I'd never somehow I missed that. So I thought this was like, oh, it's a new, a new Paul, uh, you know, revision thing, maybe, uh, but, I, but not a lie. See, that's the thing. I, I, whenever I say these things, I don't think Paul ever lies about these things, ever. I just think sometimes. Uh, I don't know. It seems like as he gets older, I've always thought that maybe he, you know, he wants everybody to be extra sure that, you know, well, you, I had a big hand in this. So, true or not, true or not. The thing is that I, it seems very important in these late, late years to him. Uh, come together was eventually slowed down. I think swampy was the word. Yeah. And, that, and I thought, oh, wow. I said, you know, that wasn't John's idea either. That was a Paul thing, you know, but unbeknownst to me, during the viewing of the show, he'd already talked about that previously. This is the first time I'd heard it. Right. So it wasn't a, a new thing. He gotcha. was afraid that people would accuse him of ripping off Chuck Berry right. and um, the song You Can't Catch Me. Mm. Yeah. And uh, because even <laughs> in that song, there's the opening right. line here. Come yeah. on. Flat yes. top. Flat top. Mm. So yeah. to make it less obvious, he wanted the song to be slowed down. Right. Wasn't obvious enough, apparently. Yeah. Somebody asked me recently after I did my video on this, said, uh, I wonder why Paul didn't also get in trouble because it's, it's Lennon McCartney. It's right, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm That's the, you a know. good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So I never thought of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, while I'm watching it, I'm, I'm taking a lot in and there was, a, I think, a lot of interesting sound bites from Paul, um, specifically a few like um, you were talking about Check My Machine, I think it was. And Paul was talking about regrets. And then Rick Rubin said was, you know, I think he said something like, you don't seem like the kind of guy that would have a lot of regrets. And then Paul, I think he just said for John. And I thought that was a really cool statement from Paul. Um, while they're talking about Hamburg, um, I think Paul kind of dissed these talent shows today where he said yes. something like, yeah. you know, these, these acts, they, they get fame, you know, right off the bat and they just don't know how mm -hmm. to do it, you know, or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Hamburg, I thought that was really interesting, you know, um, I, you know, uh, let's see here. Um, in the band, in the, in the statement you said earlier, Ken, about uh, you know him saying you can control band by playing bass. I thought that was pretty interesting. I never heard him, you know, say something like that before. So uh, really, a lot of great sound bites from from Paul and Rick Rubin. Uh, I thought during this this whole uh, show, um, Kit, what were some of the things that that kind of made you cringe a little bit? Well, you know, kind of along the lines of what I said earlier about like the you know not discussing the sergeant pepper uh, lead vocal there were moments where you know there'd be these these little tidbits and i i was waiting for them to follow up mm. and and nothing would happen um you know for example um when they were discussing uh, i i think rick asked uh, paul were there any 
uh, records or, or um, you know, artists at the time right. uh, in the 60s that really right. impressed right. he and the other Beatles. And then he, he said, uh, well, the Kinks, you really got me. Right. And, oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, sir. And then they, you know, I think they showed a little clip of the Kinks playing it. And he said, yeah, we like the guitars. It was a good little record. And, and I think they mentioned the Beatles would, would uh, when they were touring with them, would watch them play it. Yeah. And they said, yeah, it was a good little record. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. What about it? You know, right. well, uh, there, was, there was that. There was another moment where um, I think it was when uh, maybe it was when uh, he was recording um, Live and Let Die. And I think uh, Rick Rubin was asking him when he was, you know, recording uh, in that period. Uh, did he uh, ever go into other studios uh, or, you know, the, or the other oh, recording studios right. and see if there were other, you know, drop in on other recording sessions or something? And right. he said, well, yeah, you know, when when Pink Floyd was recording Dark Side of the Moon right. and yeah, the, the, the you know, I knew the uh, engineer and the, they'd give me tapes. Mm-hmm. That was it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Really? No follow-up. He could have elaborated on the fact that they were all recorded. The band Wings was recorded for the album, which we can hear Henry McCullough on uh, the song Us and Them. Exactly. And so there were moments like that that I just thought, there's no follow-up? I mean, you know, really. Yeah, I mean, there was, it it just was so frustrating, you know, that I I just think there there were some lost moments that, uh, you know, unless they were cut. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it could be. I mean, maybe yeah. they were oh, yeah. cut for time. I don't know. But that that really frustrated me because I just thought there's more there. Um, and I hope that was the case because I hope Rick Rubin didn't just say, huh, interesting. All right, let's move on. I, mean- <laughs> I, did like, I remember noting, though, I, I, I take what you're saying, but I did like uh, when he brought, I, you know, acknowledged the kinks. I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, just for the moment. He didn't follow up much with it, but he did. He did bring that up, and I thought that was nice. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and I, I did too, you know, and I thought that was a good question, you know, were there uh, other, and, you know, and he was like, yeah, that was a good little record. Like, what was good about it? What do, what do you uh, mean? You know, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I mean, you know, what, right. so yeah, th- there were moments like that, that that I thought, you know, you've got Paul McCartney in front of you, you know, geez, right. follow up, ask him hmm. some more specific details. So yeah, right. there were, there were, and I mean, sure, when he started in on the yesterday story and everything, right. I thought, oh, that was no. funny because you get through it's... five episodes and you're going, he's <laughs> not going to do the yesterday oh, story. Oh, you got to save and the best then, for last. <laughs> and then right. episode six starts, and that's how they start the episode. I, oh, when he start, I just thought, you got oh, it. No, you know, and Rick's like, really? And right. I was like, no, 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 no. You were no, doing no. so good. Yeah, we were, but this was going so well. Right. You know, I mean, it's, you know, right. and, there, and yeah, there were the stories of, you know, telling the Jimi Hendrix playing Sturgeon right. Pepper and Eric Clapton, mm-hmm. and you go yeah. tune my guitar, and, you know. So, right. I mean, you know, I just like, yeah, you know, I'll shut this off. I can tell the rest of the story, right. you know. So, I mean, there were there were moments like that, and and um, <laughs> you know, and but again, you have to think about, I guess, who the audience is, and, right? And, right. You know, we may not be the primary right. uh, mm-hmm. audience, so so I mean, you know, but uh, but other than that, yeah, there were just some moments, like right. I mentioned, where I, I wish there had been more follow up, but 
and, you and you're and you're right mm -hmm. about there. You got to remember who the audience is, is because the one story that continues to frustrate me every time I hear him say it, and he said it a lot uh, in the past, is the you know my two members of Wings left the night before we were oh, yes. to, to Legos, and that's like, not necessarily no. accurate because yeah. you know he was there. Denny, well, Denny Sywell has, has said in multiple interviews that Henry yep. had left weeks prior already. So it wasn't technically the night. Now, I know it makes for a great story. It, yeah. Yeah. It makes uh -huh. for a great story. And we know Paul likes to tell a great story. But and then Denny, Denny has also said that he had also quit, you know, a, a few days prior to. And then then finally he said, the, you know, called him the night before and said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, he confirmed it again that, you know, he's not going to show up. So just a little frustrating uh a bit for me yeah. but it does, uh, it does really change the story around when you think yes, about it because it does yeah you know if if paul had ample time he mm -hmm. could have easily have gotten two more musicians to join him right instead right. it sounds so much better when they would fly it out right it was only exactly and linda and denny Right. Even though Paul can record the whole album himself if he wanted right. to, I'm sure. If he wanted to, yeah. But uh, yeah, it just sounds better when it was just the three of them. Right. No, I, yeah. I agree. Um, you know, then the fade to black at the end. I, I, you know, I am kind of really happy that they end it with arguably the greatest Beatles song of all time, "A Day in a Life," yeah. which I thought, and they spent some good time on that. I thought that was really good. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, just some some stories that he tells. Kind of just like, okay, it makes for a good story, yes, but it's not a hundred percent accurate. But people like us know that, not necessarily, you know, everybody out there. Ken, what about you? What what kind of made you cringe a little bit, if anything? Just the fact that there wasn't enough solo. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I mean, we can all argue this point back and forth many times, but mm. it's 50 plus years of a solo career mm -hmm. and a very successful solo career. Right. It's just that when you're dealing with the band that had the greatest catalog of all time that changed the world, how do you compete right. with that? Right. And, um, and like I said earlier, the last, the most recent songs that he covered here, apart from his brand new one, uh, were Waterfalls and Check My Machine. Right. Come on, <laughs> look at everything that followed. Look mm. at all the great albums he's made from the 80s on up. And, um, you know, anybody who's just a new fan mm. getting into this, well, you don't want to hit him over the head with everything. Right. But you'd never know that Paul has had this other life after the Beatles all that much. You know, mm. he's basically a Beatle. And that, that will always bother me. It's like what we said about his upcoming book of lyrics. I hope that there's a really good representation of his so solo great. work on that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure. I have heard that there won't be a DVD release of this. I don't know for a fact. For now, yeah. yeah. We don't know. Um, but I certainly would love to see this on DVD. And if, in fact, there are 15 hours, I'd love to see all of it. Bring it on. And, <laughs> yeah. And I know from having done a lot of radio production, like you were talking about, Kid, about editing, there could have been a lot of stuff that that Rick Rubin said in response to what Paul's saying that would right. take it out, cut right. out for time. And it's a shame. Uh, there's so much good stuff that I've had to take out of shows that I think are really substantial that really add a lot to the interview. But if everything is pressed for time, you got to remove some stuff. So you're not getting everything. So, yeah. But I will say one thing uh, that I didn't mention, because anytime there's one thing that that I've never heard before that really stands out. And the one thing most of all was when Paul was talking about Michelle mm. and he brought up 
that Edith Piaf song. Yes. Yes. The Lord. Mm-hmm. And that the song was influenced by that. Mm-hmm. I've never heard him say that before. Yeah. You know, also the fact that he said George Martin helped out with the arranging the harmonies for Michelle. And you don't hear about George Martin doing that because you figure the Beatles always worked out the harmonies themselves. So, yeah, but the, the Edith Piaf, hmm. that's new. That's completely yeah. new to me. Right. So, mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah, some other interesting things, too, was, okay, like you said, Ken, earlier about maybe I'm amazed you're hearing this guitar part you mm-hmm. know that he lifted up on on the council and then also while he was playing band on the run you could also hear some audio going on i think you know paul was walking through uh the song i don't know if you guys noticed that or not yeah not even uh, mentioning it faded yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know i'm like okay why weren't those on the the archive releases <laughs> yeah <know>? good question <laughs> i like maybe i'm amazed better the way it turned out though well, true, I mean, maybe because it's, of what, it's, yeah. it's, what you're like used to said, maybe right but like we said during here we like the evolution of stuff we like to hear mm. different yes. you know parts of the song that he probably took out like the the trumpet that denny sywell played during the the middle part of uh, some people never know he totally took that part out but uh but then we got to hear it uh, in the archive release but yeah there's mm. little bits like that is like you know why it's just so interesting to hear this why couldn't you put it in there but uh and you, you understand why it was taken out. yeah That's, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. right <laughs> he doesn't dig into tapes um <laughs> joe what was uh, some of your least favorite moments you, you, well, you know, as far as cringeworthy, nothing really made me cringe, which is good. <laughs> you know, I had a good time overall. I was disappointed in a couple of things. You know, I mentioned earlier, if you want to just find something, you know, some of the th- the inaccuracies, no big deal. You know, everybody m- makes mistakes or doesn't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't want to get too far into this, but I'll, I'll sweeten it up at the end. And it has to do with Paul voice a couple of times i thought he was trying to sing things and it, oh, yeah. it was sad. it was a little sad but then again hey look i loved mccartney three you know loved it and i love some of the songs i love like women and wives i love his voice on that you know so you know i'm not here to pick on paul oh you know he can't sing anymore or anything but at times it was a little you know unfortunate i thought oh you know he couldn't do that and in fact maybe i'm amazed he didn't sing uh, I don't know if that, you know, what the deal was with that, if it was, we just never sang or it was taken out yeah. or whatever, but that's the way I'll turn it into something <laughs> sweet that I want to say is now all of us here, I mean, we love the Beatles. <laughs> Surprise, right? They're the, they're, we think they're the greatest, right? And we know all the songs. But yet when I'm watching something like this, and my girlfriend watches the whole thing, and I'm look, I'm excited about her reaction too because she's getting so into them, for me a lot. And even though we've heard these songs a million times, when you hear them doing it this way, dissecting things, playing bits, I, I, it's like I'm so like Im- impressed. What a great, great group! Yeah. <laughs> yep. As if I'm hearing the first time. The, yeah. Wow, this is no wonder they're so great. No wonder we feel the way we do. No wonder new generations consistently get into them. Uh, and, and the music always carries on decade after decade. Why is that? Here it is, listening to him bringing up Sergeant Pepper and doing the vocal, and then all these other explanations he's giving for like the sounds they're trying to put in Penny Lane and the, the horns and everything. It always looking to go that extra step and how they're going to arrange to get certain sounds and this and experiment and never want to do the same thing, but always looking to climb that ladder a little bit. So it's just ingenious stuff. It's, it, it's unlike anybody else. Granted, 
of course, there's tons of artists that experiment and do things the Beatles didn't do. But yeah, it just it impresses me as if I've never heard these things before. You know, yeah, the first I, time. And yeah, like that's that's oh oh no, I was just to say that's that's it, that's exactly what I was thinking, Joe. That's what I was saying earlier. That you that's what one of the things you walk away with when you know they're deconstructing all this stuff and at, at the soundboard that yeah you know that's what set them apart well there are other things too but but that's one of the main things that set them apart from certainly groups from that era but i think you know same thing today yeah. that they were they were constantly that you know they didn't want to get bored you know they they were always trying new things they want right. you know i'm rec recording recording from like 63 to 69 you know this whole bit of time i'm still waiting for some artists to have another album in five six years you know exactly um, another one i gotta say that i almost forgot that a good example of this when the, when the, the guitars and, and your bird can sing came blaring on oh, i'm yeah. like oh man I yeah. how great that is that's so great i've always loved that when i was a kid that's one of my earliest memories of the beatles was the cartoon show and that was the intro Mm -hmm. to the cartoon show and your bird can sing and it sounded so so great even at, at like yeah. four years old you know and I, you know I, yeah one of the joys of watching this is seeing seeing paul react to the music mm -hmm. yeah and mm -hmm. he also said words to the effect that you know he's only now and it's just gonna you know allowing yeah, himself to be, a, to be a fan, fan. right yeah, yeah. That's what that's i was just true. gonna say yeah <laughs> he has said in the past like the the only people that couldn't see the beatles live were the beatles themselves right yeah you know, so this is kind of like the same thing to listen right. as a fan and yeah. not just as one of the artists that made up these recordings so and letting himself enjoy it on that level um ken is this something you're gonna try to um uh go back to re and, and watch again you know, as much as you can i mean did you you know enjoy it yeah. enough to where it's it's worthy you think to, for another two three four watches this is one of those rare instances when i would say yes hmm. you know most videos and even concerts i can watch once and it takes a long time for me to go back hmm. um but this because there's always things that i missed picking up the first time around and hearing you guys talk about certain things that i oh yeah all right he did say this. So I mm -hmm. want to go back and, and hear it again and watch it again. So right. this is this is a rare time when this is something that I would watch more frequently. Cool. Kit, how about you? I don't know if I would watch the entire series again. I, I mean, there are certain moments that I, I would, you know, certain episodes I would go back and, and watch again. Uh, if there is a, well, yes, if the 15 hours come out or... <laughs> If there's a second series to this, sign me up. I mm. would absolutely love to hear more of this. I uh, wish these episodes had been longer. Right, Joe, repeat for, repeat for you. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would like to have it on a you know a disc, Blu-ray, DVD, or something. Hopefully, uh, there's more, maybe extra right. footage and fleshed out for a dvd release something and i go back to it from time to time sure right now I, i'm i'm not really into watching it like now i wouldn't watch the episodes again right now right. but yeah a year from now i'd love that i you know pull it off the shelves back there mm -hmm. and put it in yeah yep. ken how did you how did you feel this this the show was presented did you like how it was presented uh in a studio it, it seems like I, I read that it was this was uh done in uh rick rubin's studio mm -hmm. i don't know how accurate that is but i um, mean did you like the setup absolutely 
the one thing, and I remember talking about this on my other podcast show, before we got to see this, we saw, we read a synopsis of each episode. Mm -hmm. And watching each episode, it's almost like they all flow. There's no one difference between one episode and another one. All these songs seem to be randomly picked. You know, he could have just as easily have done another 15 Beatles songs, 15 different Mm -hmm. Beatles songs if he wanted to. But I did like the approach and it was very loose off the cuff. And I like that. You know, I mean, the whole the whole purpose behind this is to watch him talk about this music with Rick Rubin and bring up those faders and (laughs) and how and how he's responding to it. So and uh, and it's a fascinating thing to watch what's going on in his brain, whatever memories get triggered from listening to this. Mm. It's not like this was all prepared in his head, what everything he was going to say. So that that I, I think anytime he he could do this for Beatles or solo Beatle music and you're hearing his thoughts, something that's not planned in his brain, just as he's hearing the recordings, that's just so fascinating. Whatever right. memories come back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was very pleased with the way the whole thing was presented. But it's not like there's a, there's any distinction between one episode and another. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Kit, what did you think about the setup? Yeah, I mean, I like that it wasn't, you know, I mean, it, it certainly was professional, but it wasn't slick. Uh, too slick and that it wasn't you know there weren't fast cuts or you know nothing like that i i like that it was you know stripped down um you know black and white no no fancy sets uh just you know rick paul couple of you know couples chairs and maybe a couch or something uh the you know whatever the uh the soundboard piano guitar i mean that's all you need I, you know, you don't need anything else. You just, you know, the focus is on these, you know, these two people um, and, and just hearing their conversations. You don't need a lot of distraction. Um, and, uh, and I think as, as you said, Ken, um, I think the, I mean, the episodes flowed so well that, I mean, they seem to go by in 10 minutes. I yeah. couldn't believe when each episode ended that, that like that was 30 minutes. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, and, uh, and I, I just also, I think that black and white kind of fit Rick Rubin, uh, his, right. his production uh-huh. style. I mean, I just thought, yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly right. And by the way, I loved Paul's jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> isn't that a great jacket? I think that I, I was the like, one, fantastic. I think that was the jacket he was wearing on the back of the Target edition of McCartney Three. Oh, really? Oh, oh. wow. Okay. Nope. Yep. So, so Paul looked great. Uh, Rick Rubin. I mean, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Oh, there you go. It might be. It might be. Yeah. Yep. Loved. Yeah. Loved his jacket, and Rick Rubin looked like you know his guru. It was, right. it was <laughs> great. Uh, Joe, what did you think about the whole setup? Uh, not much to say. I, you know, ditto for the most part. You know, at first I was wondering. You know, I said, "Well, I wonder why they're doing it like they're in a mausoleum or tomb or something. Why does it got to be <laughs> black and white and stuff like that?" I mean, um, but again, again, I always got to justify uh, and make sure people know I'm an old movie fan. I love uh, film noir. I love. 30s and 40s films i get it i like black and white no big deal and uh, you know as time went on i really appreciated the fact that it wasn't black and white mm. but uh no, that, that's all i could say about that and uh yeah i said earlier you know, about the chronology I, I i enjoyed that it was 
uh, kind of all over. You didn't know what they were going to talk about next. It wasn't just let's start over here with, say, right. Hamburg or something and go all the way up to, I guess, 1980. <laughs> you know, leaving out a lot of solo stuff even, <laughs> even in the 70s, too. You know, but uh, yeah. So I, it was. It worked out well. Excellent. Good. Yeah, I like not knowing what song was going to come yes. next. Was that a was a lot surprise. of fun. I mean, yours was like, check my machine. I mean, you know. Was, <laughs> which, you know, by that's the way, a favorite. I, I did a look at my channel. I did a version of me. Of me you did. It yeah. was like Christmas morning every two minutes. You know? it, it really oh, was. And <laughs> so I have to say about check my machine, I love Rick Rubin. But when Rick Rubin said, that's jazz. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, I don't like jazz, so <laughs> that's why I like Check My Machine. As soon as I as soon as I heard Check My Machine, I thought of you, Joe. Yes. You're going to be enjoying video. this. Yeah. Oh, I was like, I can't believe it. And he did the bit at the beginning of Hi George, Morning Terry. Right, Terry. Right. Yeah. He, he was going oh. word for word. Yeah, with he that. Did it. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool seeing him enjoy this music as a fan, like you said earlier, Ken. So um, anybody got any last minute words before we uh, before the mm. wrap this episode? More, more. Well, there yes, you go. more. Guess... Give us more. <laughs> yeah, there is one thing I want to bounce off of what Joe said about, you know, how Paul likes to talk about the Beatles. And sometimes people think that he's trying to give himself too much credit. I think after John died, there was all this talk about John being the genius, and that really got to Paul, I think. But if you actually take the time to uh, read many years from now, the biography on Paul's book, there are many times when he gives credit to the other Beatles for things that we didn't even know about. And I think that rather than trying to present the Beatles as though Paul was the genius or the leader, he tries to present the Beatles as though they were a real group effort. By bringing up all these instances, like like we said, John's rhythm guitar and all my love and George's contribution on And I Love Her, stuff like that. The, the nice things he said about While My Guitar Gently Weeps. You know, um, read the book many years from now. I think you'll really appreciate the fact that Paul wants the Beatles to be thought of as a true group effort. Mm. I'm always reminded of the fact that... Um, you know, after John Lennon was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Paul was there, you know, to give the speech at the very end, he said, come on, guys, George and Ringo are next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been more about the band. Mm-hmm. When and didn't he really Paul. like uh, want Ringo to be in? Yeah, oh, he yes. helped he Ringo that... get in. Yeah, he pushed yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was pushing for it. So, exactly. yeah. Cool. But overall, very enjoyable documentary. Excellent. Cool. So that was our look at McCartney 321. And like Joe said, more please. Uh, <laughs> glad you guys, hope everybody out there enjoyed it. Uh, Kit, any comments that uh, we can go through real quickly? or? Uh... Uh, yes. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, most people, um, you know, agreed that uh, they want, uh, yeah, Tony DeMeo said, I wanted six hours. I couldn't believe it was only three hours. I completely, uh, completely agree, uh, completely agree with that. Um, uh, Maria Lynn says, as much as I love the solo videos you guys do, it's so cool hearing all of you talk about the Beatles together. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, we'll be doing more of that in uh, November. Oh, uh, when- yeah. When yeah. Get Back comes out. That's right. Mm. That's right. Uh, let's see. 
Um, okay, I'm just scrolling, uh, scrolling here. Uh, Susan Gagney said, yeah, the Edith Piaf story was new to me, too. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yeah, new yeah, to that. me, too. But I, when, I, when I mentioned Michelle, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring that up. But that was new. All yeah. that Michelle stuff was new to me. I don't know. Hmm. Yep. Uh, about uh, come together, uh, Marcus Thompson said, Paul may have asked them to slow it down, but I'm 100% uh, the groove and overall sound was done collaborative, collaboratively. Hopefully, Paul doesn't eventually say that he told Ringo and George how to play their parts. <laughs> well, I think at times he yeah. did, though, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Play it like that. Well, he did you mention know, that with Dear Prudence. You know, he did mention that with Dear Prudence. That yeah. he- you know, do you, one thing, do you, one, uh, I just thought of that. That made me think. Uh, 1980, you mentioned it, Ken, the interview. It was a musician. Dick he said, he said very abrupt, frankly, and abruptly, he said, we always gave Ringo direction on every number. Hmm. He said, he there was like that. a. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> and then he says there was a, hardly a time where we didn't, we said, you know, play what you play what you feel. You know, I'm thinking that I, I, Ringo always prides himself that he kind of played what he's feeling at the time. That's another one we thought of at the last minute. That one mm. I'm not sure about. You know, probably, but I, I'm sure it's probably a combination of both. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think, giving you know, him direction, definitely. but Ringo came up with his own ideas and mixed that with whatever yeah. was suggested to him. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right, kids. Uh, yeah. oh, go ahead. You got something else? Or no? Oh no, just um, uh, Sir, uh, Serge uh, Etcheverry. I apologize if I've just massacred your name. Uh, George Martin received a lot of praise from Paul. He basically educated Paul on music producing. Mm. Yeah, he sure did. Sure, mm. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just um, really uh just a, a fascinating uh oh terry walsh kelly i i know her from california it said uh, edith piaf is close to my heart as as you know anything french and beetle related her mom was is uh, was french so oh, she has yeah. <laughs> i just had to give her a quick shout out so thanks for joining us terry so yes yeah that was a really nice uh nice touch i mean that really was a nice uh, little nugget of information yeah uh, in this Absolutely. so very cool cool yeah. all right kid well why don't you start off and let everybody know how they can get hold of uh, us here at talk more talk and then and then yourself right afterwards Absolutely. Um, you can reach us, uh, of course, many ways. Uh, you can uh, reach us uh, through our Facebook page, um, on Twitter, at uh, uh, TalkMoreTalk1, the number one. You can email us at uh, TalkMoreSoloTalk at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, your ideas. Um, you know, we, we can't do this show without you guys, so we definitely want to hear from you. Um, you can hear our show on virtually any podcasting platform you can think of. If there are any that uh, you would like to see us on that, uh, you know, that you use, please let us know. Uh, we can probably get on there. So, uh, so just let us know and uh, we will do our best. Uh, you can, of course, check us out on our YouTube t- channel and please subscribe. Mm-hmm. We got past thousand subscribers. Yes. So we want to just Maybe keep going momentum. up. Right. We are going up. We are oh, it's going up. up. Yep. <laughs> there it is. Well, let's keep that momentum going, folks. So, you know, mm. just uh, tell everybody, you know, uh, subscribe and check us out over there. Um, so uh, so those are all the ways that uh, you can find us uh, as, as uh, far as I go. Um, 
just a few things. Uh, first of all, uh, just yesterday, I recorded an appearance on When They Was Fab, mm. talking about episodes three and four of uh, McCartney 321. So that should be up um, fairly soon. So just uh, go over to their uh, Facebook page, uh, When They Was Fab. And of course, I will post as soon as the episode is up, I will put that up on my Facebook page um, and, uh, and talk more talks. So uh, do check that out. They're good friends of our show. So also a great, uh, great show to uh, listen to. I will be doing my monthly Facebook live show uh, this Thursday, uh, July 31st, I think it is, uh, at a special time at uh, 6.15 uh, Eastern time, uh, because at seven o'clock, uh, the guests on our next episode, um, Ken Womack and Jason Krupa, who are going to be here to discuss their new book on uh, George Harrison and Eric Clapton. They are doing a virtual book launch at 7 p.m. Eastern that day. So I'm going to do my uh, my chat at 6.15 so you don't have to miss it. So, right. uh, so come on and join me in my backyard. I think the weather will cooperate this time. <laughs> so, Excellent. yep so you can join me there and of course uh don't forget to enroll in my uh, philadelphia soul class uh which will start this september and i will post all the information on how to enroll on my facebook page and also over on talk more talk so Excellent. i think that's everything i've got to check that out yeah yep. oh out. i'm i've been i've been researching it i'm putting it together it's going to be a fun fun class Mm. Sounds like it's going to be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Kit, for all that information. Appreciate sure. it. Uh, Joe, how about you, my friend? Please uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo. And, uh, <laughs> and if you like movies, my movie channel, I talk about movies and TV stuff. And that's now called Mayo's Marquee, like a movie marquee. Used to be Mayo's Movies. I, I made it Mayo's Marquee. In fact, it used to be called Mayo's Marquee, and I changed it to Mayo's Movies. <laughs> and back to Mayo's Marquee. Anyway, but back You're making to me, my head explode, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but back to uh, I me, mean, Mr. Mayo. I have a show on there called Fab Gab, and I just did an episode with uh, David Ghosty Wills. Hmm. And uh, boy, is he terrific. I, I, you'll hear me yep. fall all over him when I uh, talk, introduce him because I really love his show, and you can learn more about that. When you watch it, we, we discussed the U.S. albums, the U.S. Beatles albums and uh, Capitol, United Artists and little little VJ and uh, had a great time doing that with my uh, co-host, Matthew Street. So check that out if you can over on the uh, Mr. Mayo channel, me, Mr. Mayo. Check his And uh, I think that's it right now. <laughs> Very well good. Played, Very sir. good. <laughs> uh, over at the two legs, we're, we're, we're as busy as always. We, uh, we just um, did a special unboxing. Somebody, one of my, my co-hosts, Andy, he received the Uber George Harrison All Things Must Pass uh, box set a little early. So what we did is yesterday we, we did an unboxing and um, man, 
That thing is bigger than I expected it to be. Um, amazing. It's a knockout. The, you know, the George Harrison figures, the gnomes. I mean, everything is just massive about this set. It's, it's really, it looks like it really is worth the money. And I'm really looking forward to getting mine. <laughs> and I'm sure, Joe, you're excited about getting yours as hey, well. Hey, Kit, Kit mm. do I see a teardrop coming down your eye? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I, know, I know how bad you want those gnomes. I want those That's, gnomes, uh, damn it. Right. And they look even, and the worst part is they look even better, bigger and more right. better than we Yeah, thought. they do look bigger than I expected. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we uh we did a show with uh Scott O'Rourke. We did a show uh about our favorite rockers, which was a lot of fun. Uh Scott's a DJ on WSB, and uh you can check him out there. He does a Beatles uh, show, I think, every other Thursday. Um, but yeah, we had a great time talking about rockers, our favorite rockers, uh throughout Paul's uh, solo career and uh we also did uh, a live show on the uh, maca uh mccartney 321 as well and um, that's on our youtube channel so you uh you can uh type in two legs a paul mccartney podcast and you can find us there please subscribe i'd really appreciate it i did a appearance on the uh the very fun show and kind of jealous that i didn't think of this one myself but uh it's called maca in the attic by my friendly rival sam wiles over at the Paul or Nothing show and had a lot of fun doing that. So that's on. Um, I got to plug them now, I guess, huh? <laughs> Paul or Nothing on YouTube. No, I'm teasing. Uh, Paul or Nothing on YouTube. And you can see the video there. And uh, I know Joe is going to be on here uh, pretty pretty soon as yeah, well. Yeah, Sam, when, when is my Macca in the Attic show? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be on there <laughs> soon too. <laughs> exactly. I, I, re I recorded it a while ago, but I know you get, yeah. it, it takes a while for it to be. Posted. Yeah, so he's doing yeah. once one at one every week. Uh, I think that's how he's doing it. Um, and yeah, so you can uh, reach us at Two Legs uh, Podcast at gmail.com and we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Legs Podcast. So yeah, Andy and I were busier than ever, and uh, we got a lot of great shows in the future. And I uh, can't wait to see it. Thank you for all the new subscribers, all the new fans, uh, all the old people that have been with us uh, for the last what, five, six years, however long it's been. I can't. Wow. I just really believe it. But uh, Ken Michaels, go ahead and uh, tell your story. <laughs> well, speaking of Sam Wiles, I just recorded <laughs> two shows with him on Off right. the Ground. Hmm. One was on what? side one. The other was on side two. And we haven't <laughs> even gotten to the bonus material yet. Oh, oh, the thing about Sam is he's, he told me he's got a lot of shows in the can. So I don't know when these two shows are going to come out. But right. uh, that was a lot of fun. Hmm. And I hope we do finish it up with all those bonus tracks come off mm -hmm. the ground because some of those are just outstanding exactly. and i also want to add as someone who as you know is not really i don't think of myself as a memorabilia person or a collector i do want those gnomes it's <laughs> 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 a rare a rare exception right there right. join the club <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to put them on my lawn but then i'd be afraid they'd get stolen so yes exactly Mm. Anyway, on my uh, YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, I just did a brand new interview with Alan White, who for almost 50 years has been the drummer for one of the greatest bands in rock, yeah. the progressive rock band, yes. And the reason why I interviewed him was because he's one of the drummers on All Things Must Pass. So most of our conversation was about his memories of recording that album. We did a little bit towards the end uh, with him talking about John Lennon. Because with John, he, um, well, first he was at the Lyceum Ballroom in December of 69 for their uh, benefit for UNICEF. 
at a band with George Harrison in it and Delaney and Bonnie. And that's where you got the cold turkey recording that's on uh, Sometime in New York City. And he also played on the single for Instant Karma and uh, also on the Imagine album. So he did a little bit of talking about John, but it was primarily about George. He was kind of pressed for time. He told me he wanted like, you know, 30, 35 minutes and we're already getting close to 50 minutes. So I didn't want to keep going on too long. But um, and we also talked about the plans for Yes, who have a brand new album mm. coming out October 1st. Thank you for asking about Bobby Whitlock. Well, you know, it's it's an interesting thing what's going yes. on, which we haven't really talked about here no. on the show. But next show. Uh, next show. All right. Next show. OK. <laughs> OK. All right. I see yeah. why you're saying that. Okay. <laughs> Right. Okay, so yeah, that's on Ken Michaels Radio. If you can, please subscribe. I've got a whole bunch of new subscribers in the last month or so. Thank you so much for joining and tell everyone you know about the uh, YouTube channel. On my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com, I have two brand new prizes to give away. Oh, cool. As part of my weekly Beatles trivia. One of which is this book right here. All Things Must Pass Away from Ken Womack and Jason Krupa, all about the careers of Eric Clapton and George Harrison. And uh, really, I, I never really connected both albums, All Things Must Pass and Layla together, although they were like a month apart when mm. they were released. But um, yeah, we're going to have those two as our guests on our show here. So you can win this as one of 10 prizes on, uh, on my website every single week with my Beatles trivia. And also, I got several copies to give away of Ram On, ah. a brand new tribute for Ram on CD. I'm actually gonna be doing something very soon, probably this week where I'm giving away a copy on CD of Ram On on my YouTube channel first with a special contest there. And then there's gonna be several ways to win it on my website, actually through a special contest where I'm gonna give away Ram On and Ram together mm. in a special Ooh. contest, the special edition. That's going to be coming soon, too. Excellent. And plus, there's also the CDs of Ram on just for the Beatles trivia page. Mm. All right. Um, let's see. Things we said today. We just did a show on McCartney 321. <laughs> so you can hear me say some of the same things in, the, in that show. But that's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I mentioned my video. I know Tom and and Ken mentioned that they I did a video on three two one, but I figured you had enough of me with that, so <laughs> I didn't mention it. No, but it's you know we all say different things in yeah. both shows anyway. Yes, and yes, we're all yes. bouncing off each other. And then finally, yes. there's my my syndicated Beatles show, Every Little Thing. Um, there's a brand new show that's premiering this week in which. Um, I do a special tribute to the concert for Bangladesh, which, as we speak, is about to approach its 50th wow. anniversary wow. at Madison Square Garden. So if you go to my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com, there is a page for all the radio stations that broadcast the show live so you can hook up with their stream. And um, the stations that have an asterisk next to it are the stations that play my newest shows. Not all of them do. You can listen to all the stations on most weeks and get different shows on all of them. But when I have a new one that comes out, there's about 12 of them that run the new one. And this one has something for the concert for Bangladesh. So check that out at KenMichaelsRadio.com. And um, I do believe that is everything. Wow. Amazing. Hmm. Hardest making, hardest working man in podcasting right there. Ken oh, there you go. The James Brown of podcasting. James Brown That's of right. podcasting. <laughs> 
absolutely. Everybody out there, thank you so much again for joining us. We really appreciate the, appreciate you being here. Kit will have this up in the, on the audio and the video formats uh, in a day or two. So if uh, you weren't able to uh, catch us tonight, hopefully you can catch us in the future. We really appreciate all your feedback, all your comments, uh, all your your emails. And like 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 Kit said uh, live earlier today, you know, if we don't get to your comments during the live stream, we will go back. We do look at the comments and and from time to time we will respond to to them as well so thank you once again and man another show in the books guys thank you thank you again for being here and uh for kit o'toole the queen joe mayo <laughs> ken michaels i'm tom hunyadi saying the other side of liverpool is cold and damp only way out of there drums guitar and amp so long <laughs> everyone peace and love yep. What? <laughs>